Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. A star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Did your life change after that? Like, did your career change? Did your, I mean, yeah. look, the, years ago, if a comic, in the 60s did Johnny Carson or, yes, or you know, right, Ed Sullivan, right, right. that was it. Yeah. Was. I didn't feel like that. I mean, I'm, I have no complaints. I'm very happy. I'm happy to be sitting here with you now and talking about about all this stuff and all the right. things that I've done. I'm happy to do right. them. And but 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 it wasn't like I became a star star, you know, like it wasn't like well, I, I, I knew you know, I knew about I mean, like, yeah. yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying is the 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 parts that I got offered were not like star parts. Did you, you know, I've heard you say... I think they thought I was a little off. They weren't sure what to do with me. Right. Yeah. Because you're playing a woman. A Nowadays, I think there was there's more of a market for right. someone who has those that skill of set. Of course. Yeah. You then, after M. Butterfly, you go to, uh, you do Charlie Brown. Yeah. I mean, M. Butterfly, that's 10 years later. Yes. Mm -hmm. You do Charlie Brown. Uh -huh. You're playing Linus. Yeah. And Charles Schultz has to okay that an Asian yeah, uh -huh. person can yeah. play Linus. Well, he has to okay all the choices that Michael's making, the director and the production. And I think that was part of the um, uh, package of it. And yes, he did, yeah. And he, they did. And it was 1998, and so at that time, I guess we were ready for that. Right. Now, there wasn't a lot of backlash or people being right. upset about it. There was a black Schroeder. Right. You uh, and a human Snoopy. In between <laughs> M Butterfly and um, and Good, uh, whatever the well, fuck Charlie yeah. Brown, mm -hmm. you were cast on the first Asian American mm. family on television, uh, starring Margaret Cho. I was, yeah. Yes. Um, Let's talk about the Asian people in that show. That was like that was the okay. hard. Asian. So here's the deal. Here's the, here's the deal. It was first of all, I, and I've heard you talk about this so many times that that expectation of wanting to be a leading man and knowing yeah. that and, and and through your career, not getting leading man parts, oh, simply because you're Asian. Yeah. Um, but you've sort of accepted this character actor sort of role. I love that part of right. it. And I and actually really in, in recent months or years it's the parts have gotten better. Right. But I'm not I you know I would like to care I like the opportunity or the the responsibility or the challenge of carrying something. Right. What we call carrying something. Okay. So you get cast on this pilot yeah. um mm -hmm. and yeah. it's Margaret it's Jody Long. Jody it's Long. Clyde Kusatsu. Clyde Kusatsu. Uh, it's Amy um, Hill. Hill. Uh, you. Yeah. 
It's, uh, what was his name, the son? J.B. Kwan. J.B. Kwan, Matt, Maddie Corman, and Judy Gold! And I would always say, uh, figures my first, you know, series regular job is on an Asian American family, and I'm 6'3". So, um... <laughs> That, all right, so it was groundbreaking because it was the first Asian-American family, but it was fucking sanitized to the point that Margaret couldn't be herself. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, I love, I mean, we bonded. Yeah. Like the, th the greatest thing about that show was the friendships yeah. I got out of it. But it was a little bit torturous getting those torturous scripts. Torturous, and, and and it was getting those scripts, and and us being young and kind of idealistic and wanting best for it, right? And, and feeling the potential, and then it being kind of corporate, right? You know, Disney. Remember, like the whole thing about her Margaret's Angora sweater, and like yeah. she, you know, them having to approve her sweater and yeah. stuff like that. And, and telling and I had, her I had to a lose big weight. fight with them yeah. about my hair. They wanted me to cut my hair. And I and I didn't want to cut my hair because right. I thought I was creating this role and stuff like that. And right. I, I should have just cut my mouth shut and cut my hair. Right. It was Disney, you know. It was like a whole thing. You and, and I didn't get that. And, right. And, and it became clear as we went along. You, uh, ha we were both when the pilot got picked up for a series. Mm -hmm. We both were looking for um, places to live, and you gave me your sloppy seconds, and I loved that house. <laughs> On, on Windsor Boulevard, remember that? You're like, I have the perfect house for you on Windsor Boulevard. You had... Because I had passed on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I had it for years. You did? Yes, I kept it for years. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, we would also have dinner. Well, like, we were like... Toy, yeah. We Toy, were like Thai a family. Food. We were. We got. We had dinner all the time with, with Maddie and, 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 and Margaret. Margaret. And we talked and we about everyone kind of behind like, their backs. Yeah, and we were, um, what do you call it, Com um, commiserating together yes. about the, the experience the whole time. You know, like trying to figure out, you know, like troubleshooting it. Trying right. to figure out why, why it had to be so tortured. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> Terry Hughes directed. Uh -huh, yeah. At, is he still alive? I believe so, yeah. And one of the writers murdered his wife and is in jail, J.J. Wall. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. This is true. Yeah. And um, but we wanted it to stay because we loved the money. Didn't yeah, you? Yeah. We. The money? I mean, we're in the the money. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. But yes, that's true. But but we also there was a, an opportunity that was totally missed, and there was something heartbreaking about that. It right. Was like totally missed. Now. Because the potential to to have a show, starring Margaret even today is right. still incredible. Right. And like how, well, how that hasn't fixed itself is, is, is really tragic. Um, and you see, you know, uh, the, the 2020 version of that is, is right. the show that I'm working on with Nora Aquafina, from Queens. which I is know. cut from the same kind of, um, but, energy, you know, like a, 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 a forceful star personality, Asian American and writing a show around her. But right. This but it doesn't talk about, it's like a family. It's like a, it's a more real yeah. family, and it's 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 it doesn't sanitized. I guess is a good word the way that the word that you use sanitized. Right. That they, to be super honest, it was a white version yes. of an Asian family. Right. It was there were no there was there was maybe one Asian writer, but but there was not a lot of Asian energy creating it the way there is with with North's show. Right. 
and and that makes a huge difference. Yeah. It just makes it such a tremendous difference. It's um, like trying to write a straight version of a gay show. Right. You know. But we did a, we did go to San Francisco for that stupid yeah. Reebok thing, yeah. and we all had dinner with your family. Yes. Oh, that was so fun! And oh my god. I feel we like, were like oh riding God. in yeah. a limousine and yeah. Reebok was giving us free sneakers. sneakers and we thought we were just we like... We just thought we were the fucking yeah. greatest thing. Yeah. Um, were, you were with Richie at this at this point. Uh, yeah. Um, how how did you meet Richie? And, and I met Richie when I was in M Butterfly. And he, was, he became your manager. He became my agent, yeah. Your agent. Yeah. And then you married him. No, I never married him. Well, you know what I mean. Not oh. marry, marry. Oh, well, yeah, I, mean, I can't say that anymore. there's a difference. Yeah. yeah, okay, whatever, Mr. Perfect. Um, so that show... I'm saying that because I'm actually married to somebody oh, now. Right. I know. So, you that know, was a fun wedding. Wanna... Anyway, so... The show and... Well, we are... The, my, the best episode, of course, was when I walked around naked. Yeah, it was. Um, and it was. Uh, some camera guy was like, Ugh, and I, I got him... Fired. Hard? I don't think he got fired. I oh. just was like, I have to be naked, and he's making me feel uncomfortable. Right, but you weren't naked. No, I had a I had a uh, flesh colored bodysuit on, but I was skinny then. <laughs> I was like, I I can't, and I thought I was fat. Anyway, and then we got canceled. Yeah. But you did? Did you get canceled? Oh, no. I got phased out. You got they, phased they out. They started concentrating on Margaret and her friends. Friends, right? And and I guess why well, wasn't cool enough to be your friend? But then they wanted to make it friends. Yo, no. And then they, she moved in with Amy, her grandmother. Right. Which oh is, yeah, that's right. They kept Amy. Yeah. And because uh, Amy got a lot of laughs. Yeah. And then yeah, and we were all fucking thrown to the curb. We, the, the main thing that I remember is that we had really good times and that we worked really hard and that we had great expectations. And then we just kind of watched it kind of fizzle, fizzle out. Fizzle out. Gary Jacobs. Thank Together, you. yeah. <laughs> so. And we learned a lot of lessons, I think. I mean, I think I have a perspective on it that I didn't have before about how to create a situation that would really work and that authenticity and that bringing people together that can help someone's vision, like Margaret's vision, right. come to fruition is absolutely essential right. and that we were hungry enough and our self-esteem was low enough back then to go oh well thank you so much thank you thank you thank you right, for this right. opportunity however you want to do it is great but we will do we just happy to be in it we we can't do that anymore we have right. to say actually no actually if we're going to do it then we have to do it and it has to be her has, point of view and right. it has to be really her truth and that's how it's going to be good for you too because it's going to be authentic and the audience will respond to it right. because of it there's no that's it, it, that's a kind of a no brainer now right. but then it was yeah it was it like was not pulling like fucking teeth yeah, out of them it was so you end up you know then charlie brown and then charlie um brown. how did s first of all how did svu come about? SVU came about because I had done six seasons of Oz on HBO. Now Oz, you played I know, you played a priest. I did, yeah. You played a Catholic priest, yeah. which you said you kind of liked because did, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't Asian specific. No, it wasn't. And you were sick of being doctors. I was totally sick of being doctors. And I heard you hate, I read somewhere that you hate lab coats when you go to a uh, When you go to the fitting, fitting and you see the lab coat there, your heart breaks right. a little bit. Right. Yeah. So you don't go into Kiehl's, is that correct? Well, I mean, I don't have to wear the lab coat at Kiehl's. No, yes. I fucking, why do they wear lab coats at Kiehl's? They're not scientists. Yes. They I, work at, fuck, they walk, they walk out, they all have glasses and, a, and they're like, oh, can I help you? And I'm like, you're not a fucking dermatologist. Like, 
I know. It's so annoying. Okay. Like Disneyland. So Oz, Oz, you were very critically, of course, your part, your critically acclaimed actor. Thank you. Yes. Then you get, <laughs> do you get SVU? Uh, right after, yeah, I got that. And, and Jackson had just been born. So you and Richie decide that you want to have kids and yeah. you get a surrogate. Yes. And you use Richie's sister's egg and your sperm. Yeah. And Shauna. And Shauna. Shauna um, gives birth to twins. Yes. And unfortunately, Boaz passes. But Boaz was the... Shauna it, gave birth 12 weeks prematurely. Right. As, as that happens sometimes. Yes. And, 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 and she, we, so that as a result, Boaz didn't make the, didn't survive the birth. And Jackson but did. But you, you say something so beautiful about Boaz is that he... He, he was getting the 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 nourishment from Shauna, and and uh, Jackson was getting the nourishment from Boaz. Yes, so that's right. He was the conduit. They had a condition where, yeah. as identical twins, one of them gets more than the other, and one of them becomes anemic as a result, and the other one becomes over. Um, I forgot the word. Uh, it's it's too much blood. Right. Uh, and and so Period it menstrual. was as if it was because they were connected to each right. other that. Um, why do you make me do this? I'm sorry. Uh, that, that what you said. Right. <laughs> and you wrote the most beautiful. E I was on your friend's email list, and you wrote the most beautiful emails while you were going through this process. Yes, because it was a coping mechanism. Right. Because it was like, oh, like help me, help me get through this. It was like the beginning of email. Actually, it was right. like 2000, uh, 2000, and we were kind of. We were emailing, but we weren't all kind of, we were still learning about it right. or whatever. We were getting into it. And I was trying to um, take advantage of this technology. And, and, I, and, I, and I sort of reached out. I could reach out to 90 people at the same time. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to write to my family and say, hey, we're having an operation. We, you know, this is the situation. I, the first email I wrote explained to all these expectant relatives and friends, this is what happened. It didn't work out the way that we thought it would, but this is what it is, and, you know, please root for us or whatever. And then well, I'll be writing to you again because in a couple of weeks, Jackson's, I think, is going to have an operation. And he did have an operation in the next couple of weeks, so I sent a little kind of thing. As I kept writing these emails weeks after week, I got more into it, and I got more kind of and, dramatic and, 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 funny. and funny about it. Yeah, you, you know? the Well, because humor a coping was, mechanism, yeah, you know. Course. And I thought, well, I also wanted people to read them. So I thought, well, they're not just going to read these, like, right. clinical, boring, They uh, weren't tired. clinical. No, but that's why I tried oh, to right, make yeah, them yeah. Not that oh, way. So I was I was working hard to kind of make them entertaining, and 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 then by the end of it, there were like a thousand people that were all kind of following along and passing them on and forwarding them to, to other people. And then we took him home. Oh, and he's so beautiful, isn't he? He's beautiful. He's such a beautiful person. I wonder if he's here this evening. No, he's not, is he? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh. His cover is blown. His I'm sure cover is blown. To have sat He's there the such whole a time. great kid. Um, Boaz D Dove and and Benjamin. Benjamin's middle name is Dove too. Yeah. Jackson's so fucking great. All right, but we'll get to him in a second. Do you feel like so? You and Richie yeah. have this family. Yeah. Uh, 
do you feel like it brought you closer? It. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it brought us. I mean, we're, 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 you know, you're with somebody for a long time. You you will have. You can't take away whatever. Right. No matter what happens to your relationship, you can't. Uh, the the thing that brings you together and that experience is oh, a please. is a bonding experience. Right. Like he and I will have a text or something that will reconnect with an aspect of that experience, right. and he's and, the only person that knows right. what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Aww. You know, like I'm having a Boaz moment is what right. I used to say. I'm having a Boaz moment. Okay. Um, and I'm sure you'll have them for the rest of your life. I don't have them very often. I haven't had one in quite some time. So, oh, I'm so, glad I could bring yeah, that up yeah. for you. <laughs> um, you know I love my liquid IV. That I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben, my son Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the the, uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out, I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! You came out in 2003. Yeah, because because the emails became a book and then the right. book was being peddled and I thought, oh, wow, this means I'm coming out. It was really surprising. So, but had you thought about coming out before? Publicly, okay. So this is, we're talking about publicly. I mean, we all knew, at, yes, on, we all at, knew. in 94 yeah. that you were a bit queer. Yeah. I keep touching my hair. I'm so, so Well, I know because you're so gay. Yeah. 2003. 2003, yeah. So we out. came, yeah, the book comes out and I, and, and I realized that that was a, uh, 
uh, whatever, coming clean or whatever, you know, like kind of like just setting the record straight, whatever. Did you, was it uncomfortable for you before that when you were doing like interviews and stuff? It was, it was like because I wasn't ready to do it and so I was always trying to control it. Right. Control is always going to be the The worst thing you should try to do. Yeah, you can never be in a situation, especially in a like an interview situation where you try to control something. Right. You just have to be open to it and let it happen. Right. And um, so I would do, I would not be able to do that before, and then all of a sudden I didn't have to do it anymore. Right. And, and it's I, so it felt, freeing. It's an, I I can, I think it was actually kind of surprised how freeing it was. Right. I knew it would be freeing, but I didn't realize. And then you know, also Jackson, you know, is of a generation that doesn't really have the same kind of oh my god I know conflict about it that we had that we were that was installed into us by our parents or right. by our people how, what the time that we lived in he doesn't have that as much so it's less of a big deal it's nice to know that that thing exists but it, 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 it for him I don't think he feels it the and same it's way. so interesting having kids Henry was born in 96 and I had I came out too because uh-huh, I was yeah. like I'm not gonna get on stage and lie or, yeah. or make or, up or shit fudge. I had so much material or fudging it yeah yeah I had so oh right you I, wanted it, to share it because it right was great and material. I had really good material anyway um and it, it it's it's freeing it definitely affected my career I don't know if it yeah. had any effect on your career it did. Oh, I mean I, I think it, every I think it was positive for me because I was positive and it was right. energy, it was bad for you well it was like first you're too Jewish oh right right and then Pigeonholing. Oh, and and it was also and I never wanted to be a lesbian comic I wanted to be a comic who happened to be a lesbian yes I wasn't gonna get on stage and just talk about oh I'm a lesbian I'm a lesbian I'm a lesbian I just I just wanted to be a great comic yeah. and who happened to be a lesbian and proud, you know? Yeah. But I did, what kind of message is it to your kids if you hide that? Like, oh, we're, we don't talk about that in public, yeah. you know? Um, That's right. And, and, grow, and having these kids like Jackson and, and Henry and Ben where it's like, you know, them as young kids saying, wait, why can't you get married? You yeah. know, like, I don't yeah. understand. Like, they literally had no idea why we were different yeah. than other families. Yeah, and have to explain to them the concept of the discrimination or right. the, the pain when they don't feel it themselves. It's not right. really swirling around them. The and that way. they have to come out as well. They have to come out right. every day. Yeah. Like, no, my, my, my father's not tall. I don't even know how tall. My father's <laughs> like the size of a sperm. But um, so you come out in 2003, you get SVU. Do you know when you starting SVU, you have a child, and you you know that this show is going to be on for twenty five years? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I was I came in in the second season second of season. it. Yeah. No, I didn't. I mean I took the job because I didn't want to leave him. I didn't want to leave town because I didn't like going right. to LA, which I don't really like anyway. Same. And, uh, and I wanted to, con- and I got a contract, you know, like a contract to be in a show that shot in New York. I but mean, it was were the you luckiest like, thing ever. Oh my God, p- pinching yourself? Yes, like- I was. I didn't realize that. Fast forward a few years later, that I'd be kind of bored later, right. and, and 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 rightly, I mean, you know, understandably so. And I'm not, I don't mean to complain about it because it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, and it cre- afforded me exposure, and everything that came with it was fantastic. But you never—well, that's the—you know—the point is you don't, you never know anything. Right. You never—you don't know and butterfly, whatever. You don't know you don't, your what's life happen. can be can change yeah. in ten minutes. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah. Wow. So you're on it for eleven years. 
I'm ordered for an You know what was so two. great? You know, Henry was addicted to SVU, like, which... He was. Like, yeah, he, always. Did you let him watch it when he was little? Oh, my God. He would watch it. He started, like, in middle school, and then he started saying, like, we would have fights, and he'd be like, that's false. I'm like, no, Henry, no one talks like that <laughs> in a fight. And, or uh, he'd be like, I'm calling the, the children, blah, blah, blah. You know, Child set, services, yeah. yeah, right. Uh, so he would always, like, and then... He didn't want me to talk about, when he was in junior high, he didn't want me to talk about him in my act. He's like, I'm getting a cease and desist. I'm like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, and one time, actually, I was doing uh, Love Loss and What I Wore. Uh -huh. And I was with uh, Melissa Joan Hart. And Henry's like, oh my God, she's in the best episode of SVU. She's so good. She's so good. So I go Did to rehearsal. Did know her by name or face? Uh, no, he knew her by face. Uh -huh. I said, Melissa Joan Hart, like, and he looked her up, and yeah. was like, oh my gosh, she's in the best episode of, of um, SVU. And I go into rehearsal, I go, oh my God, my son, he's like 14, he loves you. He said, you're in the best episode ever of SVU. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet and interesting, because I, I played a child rapist? Yeah. Um, yeah. I raped a 13-year-old boy. I was like, oh! Well, great. So, can I get a photo or, you know. Um, but when I, he knew that I knew you, it was, I got a fucking feather in the cap. I'm oh, like, wow. oh, I'm friends with BJ. And he's like, oh, yeah. So, uh, you decide to leave SVU. Uh-huh. After 11 years. Uh-huh. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, opening that check and, I and know. being home yeah. and sleeping in your own bed. Sleeping in your own bed. Yeah. But but 11 years, you know, that was a good amount of time. Right. It was Were a they, good amount of like, time. Did, was that, did you, you It know. was a conscious thing, like, okay. Did you talk I, to Richie about I had, it? I had, no, we were by that time separated. Okay. I think. Um, and, and so what I think what happened, I think this is 2011. Yeah, yeah 2000 to 2011. Right. Um, I was... I, I was ready to do something else. That's all there is to it. I was ready to do something else, and I could not do that something else unless I left. So then I was, and I think it also had been going on for maybe two or three years that I felt Where that way. Like, oh. So by then, it was like, okay, I'm really going to do it. So it wasn't just like all of years, suddenly I decided it. It had built up over the over the uh, the last four, three or four years. How soon before you left did you and Richie... Um, separated. We separated, actually, closer to 2003. Okay. Yeah. So you have a little boy. Mm -hmm. You're sharing custody. Yeah. Um, you're a single parent. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, ish. You're sharing. And you're doing the show. And then you're like, I don't want to do the show anymore. Yeah. Um, right. And does your agent go, what the fuck is wrong with no. you? No, my manager really? actually. Yeah, uh, your manager. I said I'm really ready to do this, and can we get something else? Do you think we can get something else, or what? What? What right. do you think? And and that and they they supported me. Wow. Do you think behind your back? Well, they they had. Uh, you're right, though. I mean, they're like this. They they don't yeah. want to let go. They yeah, don't they're always let go. like you sure. Yeah, because you know they, it's going to be really hard. But blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. And we know why they are. And because it's they're all counting because them. my ten percent isn't yeah. coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they were great. 
I think that my meme being unhappy was really a big part of it. I said, I, I just don't want to, I just think it's time. And, I, and I, I, I think subconsciously I knew that the work that I had done prior to that was far more interesting. Like it was soul satisfying. Right, you were, yeah. I was what, what I have now described as a character actor. Like I feel like I'm more of a character actor. Right. And I'm my, more myself when I'm trying to do something kind of wild, something different. And this was very And you had done like Father of the Bride yeah. and done other movies. How did you meet Reichert? I met Reichert at a at a, um, a, a. I say it better than you do. Oh. You say Reichert, and I say Reichert, because I'm a Jew. Okay, well. And if you ask Reichert, he would say, "Oh, Judy says it correctly." Yes, he would. Yeah. He likes you very I much. I love him. He's so. First of all, he's smart and he's hot. Okay, so go ahead. True. All true. All right. Where'd you meet him? At a party. You know, not not really that most interesting thing. Oh, boring? Yeah. And did you know right away? No. I thought this isn't really Gonna my thing. Yeah. yeah. And and then and then it, we just ended up, it just turned out to be one of those things where I wanted to be with that per. I wanted to hang out with that person more. I, my inclin, my just, my body, my, my whole. You're physically, yeah. I just, no, I just felt I want, that, that, that works for me, whatever that is, the right. energy. And I wanted to have it again and again. And, and then I kept go- going back to have more dates. And it went on for the better part of like a year and a half where we didn't take ourselves seriously at all. Um, like he was, he was into it and I was into it, but we never would say anything serious about it at all. Right. And, and then, then who proposed to who? Um, I proposed, um, um, I proposed, what? Controlling. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. No, because he knew that it was up to me because I was the person that was not a particularly marriage. I didn't right. think of myself as a marriage person. I didn't. I, I'm totally a marriage person now. But I, I thought, oh, I, I, you know, can we just kind of just keep doing what we're doing? Right. It's really great. So when Richie ends up marrying Jordan Roth. Yes. Um, does he meet Jordan about, like, before you've, you met Reichert? Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. meet Reichert for many years. For many years after we broke up. I didn't meet Reichert until... And were until you jealous ten- of, like, Richie and... No. You're too uh, mature. My, my, I can't my, take it. We had a... We had, Jackson had a nanny named um, um, Eugenia, who was a wonderful older woman from Bolivia. And she couldn't believe that I, I, I didn't, I didn't eschew Jordan. She just really, yeah. She said I would just scratch his eyes out. She said, <laughs> and and I thought that was amusing because really, right. I had no inclination to scratch Jordan's eyes out. Did your did your professional relationship with Richie end when your relationship it, relationship it, it, ended? it kind of evolved. Okay, and then, and then 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 Richie stopped being an agent. Actually, kind of retired from being an agent. Now, after so you did Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is huge. I mean, you're like a fucking major character in a fucking. Yeah, but I wasn't in the beginning. Not in the beginning. Yeah, you did that. You did that with that character, don't you think? Well, what happened, to be quite honest, was that they 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 left this character completely unattended in the first movie. He he didn't die. He didn't. Nothing happened to him. He wasn't even explained. And then years and years later. Uh, 
Colin Trevorrow was taken on the role of trying to revive the, the the franchise and write a proper sequel to the original movie. Where there were two other movies, right. but they're not really sequels to that movie. And so he, in, in doing that, had to kind of like look to see who wasn't dead. You know, kind of right. kind of kind of revive whatever there was to revive. And that, that was the only character that had any kind of wow. uh, legs to it. You are fucking so, so lucky. So I'm lucky, yeah. You know you're oh, lucky. Oh, yeah, I do, I do. Yeah. Um, you, uh... That was the luckiest thing ever. Did your, did, did But you... it was partly because of... Uh, there was a partly a racial thing, I think. You know, like, they didn't care about the Asian guy. Right. They were not that into him. They didn't think he was had legs to him or right. wasn't, you know. So I was like, uh, you know, it's kind of the right... It kind of made itself right, as far as I'm concerned. Um... I heard you did uh, Pippin and left your computer on top of the car. Is that correct? <laughs> now we're getting into yeah. Uh, now we're getting into questions that came from the audience. Clearly, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I love that song. I did too. That's Pearly, not Pippin. I know. Okay, oh, that's not. Pippin. Yeah, but I love that song. Pearly. Oh, shit. I got love. I wouldn't have been in Pearly for lots of reasons. No, it's um, everything has its season. Yes, very good. I was in the Bay Street production of of, of Pippin in 2008. And you left your computer on top of your car. And I left my computer on top of the car, and I had two, uh, uh, Eugenia and Jackson and Anastasia were in the car, Mm -hmm. and then I drove away. And Anastasia said, honey, I think something came off the car and then I we drove back and there was a shattered computer on the highway oh that's great that I used for did another, you curse part. oh yeah I was so stressed out it was like that kind of single parent kind yeah, of stress yeah like fuck yeah yeah it's uh, <laughs> like so trying uh, to get somewhere how did you or meet get Anastasia some, at p- doing Pippin and, is that and, and, where you met yeah we did Oh, I love Anastasia Barzi, ladies and gentlemen, Anastasia Barzi. Hey, everyone. You know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with factor. Factor I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto. I just did Chef's Choice. 60 or more add ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep, there's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing. And so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. 
and you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required, okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie, Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. So after you leave um, SVU, does it... Do, I know. Do, do you have a little lull? I had a lull. Yeah. And that was the first couldn't time. Get couldn't get it. Couldn't, couldn't get hired. Yeah. Had a lull. First time in your fucking career. I think so, yeah. Yeah. How was that? Like You're, two years. I, you know, the whole, like, I'm going to L.A. for pilot season. Oh, please. Thing. I can't. And, and all that. Like two or two and a half years or something like that. And like I couldn't get her, like they didn't know where I, they couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, I wasn't me. I didn't know who I was really as an actor. I really didn't. I, I, I didn't know this then, but now I figured out, oh, they, they, well, first of all, I wasn't eligible for those character parts right. anymore. I, I kind of totally proceduralized myself. Right. And and I was only thought, and then there was not, there was just no interest in it, I guess, or whatever. And then I got a job on that show, Awake. Right. You know, and, and, that was, and, and it was like after having said I will not play a doctor or a therapist again, I got the part of a therapist. So and in those two and a half years, did you ever say to yourself, "Oh my God, I should never have left SVU"? No. Wow, no, I really? No, I would have been like, "You fucking I asshole!" Can't no, believe you I left didn't. All American. No, Girl. I think I think yeah. I always felt from the very beginning, from the beginning of. All of this. So you never I, double. You never questioned yourself. No, because I always thought you just wait. You just have to just wait. You have to keep going at it and just. And you never it. got depressed or like I want to quit or I'm gonna go. No, get I never thought I would quit. I started nothing. writing and I wanted to write more right. and uh, c- continuing to write and writing is really important to me and I, I and it was a good time for me to right be able to start doing well, that. Well, that's what happens when you're on a fucking show for 11 years and don't have to worry about like you that's know. Right. No, that's right. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. You ended up going back to do a guest spot on SVU. Yeah, twice. And you got, can you tell us a little story about getting into the makeup chair? Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay, so I, this is really good. Thank this you is for, such a good story. Well, yeah. no, I mean, don't say, don't say, All right, sorry, it's not that? that good. It's a boring story. It's boring. Terrible boring. story. But this, the point of the story is that I left SVU 2011, maybe 2012 or 13. They have me back. And um, uh, they, they figured out some way to justify that I'm going to be there for one, to profile one case or whatever. And I go and I sit in the makeup chair. And by this time, they've turned the makeup department over and there's a new makeup artist there. And she's this very young, young woman. And she's, or maybe it's, no, it's the hair person. Okay. Okay. And uh, so I sit in her chair and she stands behind me as a make, as a hair yeah, person does. And she's know, fluffing my hair. And, look and she mirror. says, so, um, is this how you had it at the audition? Uh, 
because she thought I was just coming in, you know, and I, I said, oh, I was like, my mind just blew up in my mind. I, I didn't, I was thinking so many things. Okay, the way we talked about it. The way we talked about it. Okay. Yes, you said, she came over and said, oh, how, how, how do you want your hair? And you said, I don't, you know, the way normal, it normally is. And she said, well, how did you wear it to the audition? Oh, what's the difference? Because then it was a two-parter. As a comedian, I know what build-up is. The point was she... Gave away the punchline too fucking No, I mean, also, people don't really understand, like, what like you, what happens is when you're, a, a, like, a day player, you, you come in for one right. day, and, you know, the, 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 the makeup artist is so... The, 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 that department, they're so over all the people they have to make up and do their hair and stuff like that. So they want to make it as easy for themselves as possible, right. actually. So, so, like, you know, is this how you had it? Because I will get in trouble if I redo your... Your hair and they look at you okay and whatever you, you know did you get like a ping in your heart like oh my god yeah because it was within well, the two I mean, and a half I, I years wasn't, I of was not pretty, working yeah i was pretty happy not being on the show anymore so it was okay with me it was just thought it was amazing i was amazed by it are you I, was, um, I hadn't been gone that long right are you friends with any of the people on svu stephanie march really uh-huh what about marishka I'm friendly with her, but I don't see her as, as much um, as I see Stephanie. Do you remember there was a forensic gynecologist on? And you were so mean to her? You were a gynecologist? Yes, I was a forensic gynecologist. And you were so mean. You were like saying, you were so hard. But I mean, thank God you were there. Because no, I, know, I mean, the wait. character, my character was mean or skeptical to No, you, you were being an oh, asshole. You're like, go asshole. walk over there. But wait, I never told you this. I got this, I went in and it was all medical. It was like, oh, she went in, I don't, the uh, fetal tissue of the matter, right? And so I remember my agent was at Buckwald. I was with Buckwald. And um, I went in and read for it. And later that afternoon, uh, the agent calls me and is like, you got the part of the gynecologist. How appropriate. Because I apparently know a lot about vaginas since I'm a lesbian. Can you? It's so appropriate for you. Yeah, that's what she said. Isn't that great? A lesbian playing a guy. All right, whatever. Oh, I get it. Yeah, that got about as much fucking reaction as the... How'd you wear it to the audition? So, um, you're happily married. I am. You have an amazing son at NYU. He's okay. Oh, he's so fucking great. Um, <laughs> he's truly great. Uh, you went to Richie's wedding. Yes. He went to your wedding. Yes. And, I mean, it's like you're like lesbians. Well, isn't that, I mean, you you know, you share a child. You want to kind of, you know. I know, but there's so many people who break up and it's like, fuck you, you fucking asshole. And yeah, I, yeah, I guess there are. We don't have that. On The Daily Show, um, you mentioned that you're grateful. Did I? Yeah. You no. said grateful. And then you said you hate saying that you're grateful. Because it is the most annoying hashtag grateful. Yeah. Um, that was why I hesitated. That's the only reason why right. I hesitated. I didn't hesitate because I wasn't grateful or I, or because I didn't want people to know. You know, I just think it kind of comes out a little cliche. Right. And then you're you're that person that is kind of blindly saying it. So I wanted to say it with a kind of, I don't know, a, 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 a disclaimer or right. something like that. Because you work all the <laughs> fucking time. Like, I don't think Anastasia... Yeah. 
It's isn't it like it is. Yeah. yeah. Should I tell the audience about the three of us? Uh, well, yes, but yes and no. Okay. So we we have a group text and. I swear to God. They met through group text. We met okay, through group I, text. BD and I were texting, and he's he just you added. Or, yeah, I added. You know, and then we just and I had never met Anastasia, and now it's like they're like my family. I swear to God, they have gotten me through so many nights on the road where I'm like I, I can't take it anymore. Because we're both up really late at yeah. night, so she's in but some crazy place of the, of the country. Um, but do you, you re, do you realize what an anomaly, like that no one works as, like you work all the time. You just wrote the um, libretto and book for Mr. Holland's Opus. Yes, I did. Um, is that coming to Broadway? Um, it, it, you always, you know, dream okay. and fantasize about it. Is it going to a theater near you? It's coming to the Okean Quit Playhouse in Maine in oh. August. Oh! Yeah. That's great. I want to come. Yeah. Maine. Who'd they go for, Biden? Yeah. yeah. Um, can you believe a fucking old white man is going to be... Pr- I can't take it anymore. Are we going to get into that? No. Okay. So, do you... Do you realize... It's annoying. It really is annoying. I annoy myself, okay? Does that help you? No, you don't. No, but I, I, I work really hard, you know? I, uh, okay, I, I, constantly... I don't work hard. I'm not out at the fucking clubs every night. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Everyone works hard. Who said that? Um, I don't. I don't mean that. I just mean. I don't mean that. I don't. That you don't work hard. I mean that I. You have a uh, some sort of mojo. No, you have like oh fuck a divine something. Because you real, I mean, you're such a great person. Ugh, that was annoying for that I had to say that. <laughs> um, you're just so great on so many levels, and you work all the fucking time. Um, do what do I say? I mean, what do you? I'm thanks. Okay. Thank you. So thanks. Are we? Uh, uh, my podcast is called Kill Me Now because I basically wake up and that's the first thing out of my mouth because I fucking hate everyone. Now, I ask two questions of all my guests. Oh, wow. Okay, number one, I'm very, I mean, I've su- I suffer from depression, anxiety, I have ADHD, I'm like mental. My parents were old when they had me, that's why, and my grandparents were cousins. So, um, <laughs> second cousin. But Is that true, really? Second cousins, yeah, my grandparents. Wow. That's why I'm gigantic, too. So, have you, I'm gonna, I think I know the answer. Have you ever been on antidepressants? I have not. I knew it. And what do you do to keep yourself mentally healthy? Hmm. Because you're pretty mentally healthy. I put a lot of energy into my friends. Really? I try to. And I think because I get a lot back from that, investment right. I feel sa- I feel perspective and right. I, I get perspective from them and um, I I mm, boy mentally healthy I don't I 
That's very interesting. I, I think balance is super important, like to try yeah, to balance absolutely. things. And I, I, I'm perfectly capable of going too far, doing any one thing or another, like right. working too hard or not working hard enough, you know, right. like that's just how the pendulum swings or whatever. And the, the relationships, I think, are the relationships that get you through that, all of that working stuff. Okay. My relationship with my husband and... Um, my evolving relationship with my son are very, really, really valuable right, to me. Right. And, and I hold on to them very tightly and I try to do whatever I can to, to do my part in, in nurturing them. And that's because I think I can draw from them. Right. Like one of the things that I used to do all the time, uh, for the, like in the earliest part of my relationship with record, I've been with record for 10 years now. When I first met Riker, I was out every night doing like something like this or um, a benefit or some gala or whatever. Right. Every single night I tried to do it because I felt like that was what you did to nurture your own career, that you were working right, to right. expose yourself, that you got, it's like publicity and it's free no, publicity. You couldn't say no. And it was also charity. It was your responsibility yeah. as a person in the, in the public eye to, to cheer. To and that, and yeah. then I started realizing that I was burnt out, one. Right. And the other thing was that all I needed to do was sit at home and watch television with right. Riker and feel a resetting that I never felt before. Right. Like I was like, oh my gosh, we don't have to do anything actually. We can, we actually sometimes don't even have to talk even with though we do. Um, just that, just like taking a second is, has been really res restorative to me. And so I always, that's the thing that I, was my takeaway from my relationship with him is like, let's do that. Let's just not do anything. And and oh. just be together for a minute, and it's been really. And it, luckily, he's really into that and likes that. And then there are plenty of times when you can go out and do other things right. and and do things like but it's this. Not every, I know. It's not every night. I know. I, I got like that too, and I was like, you know what, I can't. Well, and you have to do it to a certain extent with your schedule on the road. Right. You don't have as much of a choice. I know. And, I can't and, stand on that. Um, what? This is the second question. Yes. What pisses you off? more than anything and it like makes you so fucking crazy angry and it could be anything but what fucking of course it can be um i mean like there's so many things right right like what is like i i cannot fucking stand this am i is that you're saying that that pisses you off when people say are you oh Oh, that pisses me off. And the other thing is like, um, do I know you or you look so familiar, but I don't know who you are kind of thing. Or, or, or um, um, them saying they, I love it when they people say, oh, are you're not, are you, what are you? And then you say, yes, I am. And they go, I knew it. Oh, I know. I and hate like, that. No, you didn't. You didn't. But that doesn't piss me off as much as, as a general sense of people not using their um, brains to their potential. Oh, I can't, I know, right? We all have the brain. Right. We can do what we want with it. And you see it out there. Now you see it, of course, with the president and all that stuff. I don't know what his brain is capable of doing, actually. But Evil. he's yeah. not using it. He's, he's so selfish that he right. won't, you won't even use his own brain properly. He doesn't even feel he has the need to have to know anything. Right, I know. Right? So that is a that's an extension of something that's a pet peeve of mine. Like you know how how hard is it to figure out that you should not stand in front of the door on the subway when other people are getting? Oh, like fucking fuck! 
How how hard is that to figure out? I know. It's, it's just Get a, the it's just fuck intelligence. And let me off, you yeah. fucking asshole. Yeah, or turn to the side right. or something. It's it's it, it's it, that that to me is symbolic of a kind of not thinking. What about the like looking to, at your phone while you're walking down? You're like behind the person. Yeah, right. And then or you no, go up to the, the right, stairs. They fucking move over to the right. Yeah. They're going up the stairs. stairs. The I subway. hate that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, no. Yeah. So that is not. Those little individual things are representative to me of someone being in their own head, not being out thinking, using their right, brain right. to get outside of themselves. Because I like the, like I said, I think the human connection is the thing that makes us really special. We really, we're really into it. Like I, that makes me feel alive when I'm able to connect to somebody. So even on the subway, that's part of it. Right. Like let's work together or something. Yeah. And so how hard is that to work together? When you when you're in a musical, have you been in musicals? Like like like, have you been on stage in a big musical yeah, and stuff? Yeah, not in uh, off Broadway. Well, no, I mean, I was in you know, Disaster, the musical, oh, the, and not in the Broadway oh, one, okay. the off-Broadway, and no, but, Clinton, the musical. Okay, no, so what I mean is, the one thing that I strongly believe is that people g- learn a lot about spatial awareness right. and things like that from being in musicals, right? right? So I want, I wish for everyone, everyone to- Everyone should have to be in a musical. To be, to ride the subway. That's what oh, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a, it's very logical, the way that you egress and enter somewhere. Right. I cannot thank you enough for this. Yes, you can. Yes, no, I can't. I fucking adore you. I, I can't believe you put these people through this like marathon of. It life. was so. Did you guys like it? Uh, uh, people love you. People right. love you. My friend Katie's here. She really wants to meet you, so don't be mean to them. I won't. Um, BD. The I husband can, never came. I know. What happened? Oh. Oh, he's in the back. Oh, he was so respectful. Oh. Um, Beth Sussman, I can't thank you enough. Beth Sussman. Yes, Beth Sussman at the piano. BD Wong, Laura, thank you for all you do. Um, thank you to Alan Cumming. Thank you to the, the staff here at Club Cumming. Thank you all for coming. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with BD Wong and Beth Sussman at the piano. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing show. The only review you're allowed to give is five stars. Thank you. If you purchase any tickets for any of my upcoming events, please refer to your point of purchase for updates on rescheduling or refunds. And I will post anything I can on my website as soon as I know. And as we all know, this is a very uncertain time. So while you're social distancing, while you're washing your hands, while you're being neurotic, while you're helping others, while you're doing whatever you do. Take time to listen to the entire backlog of amazing interviews that uh, we've done on Kill Me Now. There's some like really funny, awesome things you can listen to, interviews you can listen to while you're going on a walk. And also, you can listen to my comedy albums, Conduct Unbecoming, Kill Me Now, and Judith's Roommate Had a Baby. You can get links to everything at judygold.com. You can go on wherever you listen to your music and plug my name in and hopefully something will come up and make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, for all updates. That's at Judy gold, you know, like J E W D Y G O L D like Jew gold. And I'm thinking of all of you keep laughing. We're still allowed to laugh and keep in touch and wash your hands. And as we always say, 
so long. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Thank you.